Open the pod bay doors, please, pal. All right, all right, all right. You're gonna need a bigger potion. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? Look at the coast. We get together, have a few laughs. The Movie Odyssey with Brad Patel, Gus Trout, and Adam Lucas. Jeremy's here. Let's uh, let's get into it. We got a special episode for you today. This yeah. is a podcast, and you're listening to it. And our episode today features Jeremy. Jeremy, hey say, say hi to the twenty or so people who listen to our podcast. Hi, everybody. Uh, here, I, let me. Thanks for having me. I'm going to send you a list of their names so you can read them one by one. Okay. <laughs> Thank you all, all twenty of you, for listening. Um, Jeremy's a colleague of mine, and I've been meaning to have you on the show for a long Fellow time animator yeah we've been working together since 06 if you can believe that yeah yeah i think you you proposed this episode after three or four of your podcasts and i said yeah sure i'll be on and <laughs> that was like two <laughs> years only, ago and gus kept saying like to... i don't want to do that <laughs> It's what? Like you didn't, you, dying for, that's just a guess. I wasn't here. I wasn't here back then. But I'm guessing Gus was like, yeah, uh, but what about this? More like that. It's probably more like that. More like that. Oh, does yeah. sound like me, but I didn't say that. Jeremy. Okay. Okay. Well, okay. certainly it would be low in the queue for some people. Well, I think uh, it probably just kept getting pushed aside because it's less um, like bombastic or, you know what I mean? Like it's not heavily philosophical or like necessarily wow. groundbreaking or anything, but it is very, very, very unique, you know? Well, yeah, very- I guess what we were talking about other movies, the, like, there's not really too many movies like Bo is Afraid. There's, <laughs> this movie's yeah. pretty unique because, I mean, there's only one Pee Wee Herman. Did we even do an intro? I haven't done an intro yet. I was what just going off the cuff here. Sorry, well, gang. you did your you did a fake he, intro. He you got to say hey gang. Guests. If, he doesn't, if he doesn't hey gang in the year and the year and the director, yes, I'm out of here. Doesn't count. Okay. Yeah. Um. All right. I'll Classic do an intro. intro, Jeremy. So on our uh, podcast, we do intros, and it goes something like I, this. Okay. Yep. Hey, and gang. a one and a two. <laughs> Hey gang, welcome back. I'm Brad, and I'm joined by my good friends Gus Trouth, Adam Lucas, and Jeremy's here. Jeremy's here to talk about Pee Wee's Big Adventure from. Are we not saying his last name? Jeremy Gallant, everyone. Okay, I mean, I didn't know if that was a stipulation in his contract. What's his address? <laughs> yeah, can we dox him? Jer- yeah. Jeremy's done a, a bunch of animations with me, and uh, by himself, yeah. and yeah, he's he's got a long career in animation. He's helped us out on animations. Yeah. He's an animator. I've couldn't, seen. Couldn't help I, us out I, on that PBS I, thing, could he? Yeah. <laughs> he's I can verify that he, these exist. PBS thing. I've seen some of them. <laughs> anyway, what are we talking about? Keep, keep the intro rolling. So, you know, yeah, early in the podcast, I had said to Jeremy, I don't remember how the conversation went exactly, but like, if you're going to be on the show, what movie would you want to talk about? And I think you said Pee Wee's Big Adventure. And I, I think was... I had a top five, and and it it potentially rests in my top five pretty consistently. So and how old were you in '85? Uh, four, four years old. Okay, one, so one more piece of information closer to doxing. There we go. This is good. So like, did you see I did that? <laughs> nice, nice, nice. So I'll I'll tell you in kind of. And kind of looking back, 
and I obviously I was a big fan of Pee Wee's Playhouse, which I it didn't occur to me that that actually came out after this movie. Um, oh. I didn't realize, and so I saw the movie definitely after. Yeah, same. I was I was exposed to Pee Wee. No, no pun intended. But uh, <laughs> it, had, it had to happen, you know. Yeah, yeah. That had to come also. Up. Can we just say, R.I.P. R.I.P. Paul um, Rubens. Yeah, yeah. I mean, go. well, so that happened, and then we heard the news. Pee Wee Paul Rubens has passed on. Like, yeah, I'm sad. sure everyone knows that now. But like, I thought, hey, uh, you know, why don't we take Jeremy up? Based on our audience, Brad, I doubt they, they don't get out much. So they might just be finding out. They so sorry know, if we're yeah. breaking it to you. So uh, Paul Rubens, a.k.a. Pee Wee Herman, passed away to, like last week or two weeks ago. Cancer. Who cares? Um, oh. Oh, oh wow. I'm joking. I'm joking. Wow. Gus still has a reason, The whole reason we're doing this episode is because he passed away. And I'm not saying and, I know this stuff, but Brad, you're kind of supposed to be our leader. and since you you're like i don't know maybe died a day ago three days ago four days <laughs> well, that's ago very brad and when it comes to like yeah but now, tell us all the other details about the movie i bet you know all of those. well he died in 2023 oh good great excellent <laughs> well I, I hear a pulitzer coming i was gonna <laughs> go through the character like jeremy mentioned who directed this what year did it come out 85 1985 directed by tim burton his first feature, feature film well debut. and in that sense that's why i think it's probably groundbreaking right i don't think people realize that tim no. burton well the tim burton is. um and danny elfman yeah sure well, danny yeah. Elfman's first collaboration yeah. Yeah. yeah this is peewee herman danny elfman and tim burton's big break yeah. like yep. all yeah. three like f- <laughs> fundamental elements of the you know, pop culture zeitgeist of especially people of our, you know, ages. Yeah. Yeah. First feature for all three. Mm-hmm. The Pee-wee was in a Cheech and Chong movie. Um, right. Yeah. So the, that was 1980. So the character, I was going to give you all a brief history of the character. I don't know. Yeah. I would love to. I, like, I need it. Well, uh, Paul Rubens was part of a, improv comedy troupe called the groundlings and that had a lot of like future uh peewee's playhouse cast members bill hartman bill hartman larry fishburn um john paragon who played jombie and he's got a cameo in this a bunch of them have cameos in this too so he started doing the character in the 70s as like part of the show and then um, appeared on an episode of the dating game as the character in 1979. <laughs> Did not know uh, that. that episode is on YouTube. You can go watch it. Uh, it's very awkward. Like the it's weird. I feel like he's like shadow banned on YouTube. Did you really? find that too? If oh. you're not searching for very specific things, it was hard to find a lot of peewee content. Hmm. I, I must have searched for very specific things because I, I don't know. Yeah. Or maybe I, it was just because I, I was like, oh, there's got to be a ton of stuff to watch. And you just put in like Pee Wee's big adventure, like behind the scenes or interview. And there's like not that many things. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, I didn't. I was looking yeah, for I that. I didn't find anything like that either. Yeah. Anyway. But the uh, I did notice the episode of the dating game was uploaded five days ago. So. <laughs> 
Nice. Very, very recently, somebody did that. And then in 1980, Cheech and Chong's next movie, he was at he at Paul. It's the literal title, right? Yes. Cheech and Chong's next movie. Yes. He's <laughs> yeah. he plays Paul Rubens plays, I think, two or three characters in that film, one of which is Pee Wee Herman. And he's like on stage at a comedy show. The characters of the movie go in and um harass him or what do you call it? Heckle him. Heckle him. And he, he becomes kind of a antagonist to the movie, kind of. Right. So like so he, he actually has a big role in the movie. I, I've never seen it. Not, I've seen it not too big. But... I mean, he's kind of a douchey version of Pee Wee that we know. Because wow. the character was more adult at first. Yeah. Then they had... Um, so Pee Wee's character actually did evolve over time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, makes sense. He was doing it for, you know, like for 15 years or something before the movie. Yeah, so in 1981 or 1982, the I think the HBO special was 82. They had done like a stage production called Pee Wee, the Pee Wee Herman Show. And that ended yeah. up basically being Pee Wee's Playhouse. Most of the characters were imported, Phil Hartman. And and that was more adult than the show, yes. right? Yeah, I, I'm, I've seen that. It's been a while, but. It got retooled kind of as a kid's show and rebranded kind of as a kid's show. Which was my favorite thing in the world. I loved it. I was a little kid. Yeah. Yeah. That that was a great show. Like Jombie. I had this tiny little Jombie like plastic thing, you know, with a head that like spun around inside. Oh, wow. (laughs) And like it was literally my most prized possession. And my sister broke, you know, the door was like a zigzag that like fit together. She broke one of the. Hinges points or off the mm-hmm, point no. of the zigzag, so there was a hole, and I was just like, "Well, now Jumpy can't sleep. There's his lights getting in there." Jumpy, <laughs> does is Jumpy like in some kind of eternal hell? Uh, I, but he's he's making the best of it. He's a head in a box. And he's like a that, he's like a genie. You know, he's yeah, trapped in there. He's a slave to <laughs> his master. But he's Pee Wee's. But Pee Wee's nice. So you know, well. Well, no. So not so. Along those lines, though, um, the that documentary "Beauty is Embarrassing." Wayne White, have you seen that? Mm-mm. He no, was no. the I want to say the art director for Pee Wee's Playhouse, and mm-hmm. I, I thought a lot of the aesthetic was kind of based off of his vision. That I, I got to tell you, that documentary. I think it was on Netflix. I was requiring my class to watch it. Wow, what's it called class. again? I'm gonna write it down. Beauty is embarrassing, and it is so inspiring in terms of being creative in any medium you choose um it might be on amazon i think it was in amazon prime actually okay Um, bit torn it is (laughs) (laughs) but i i was completely unfamiliar with who he was what his background was but he basically discusses you know making peewee's playhouse on a budget um six million dollars i believe which is like really low for that time well, and yeah, I think it was in. What's the movie? I want to say it was filmed in New York City. Oh, oh, oh. sorry, well, the, the show. Were, yeah, the both, show. The show. Both I mean, low, the movie is budget. still really low budget too. It yeah. is. Yeah. yeah, and you're right. I think it was six or seven million. Right. So most of the aesthetic here is that coming from, like the stage show and and Burton. You know what? I so I watched his Comic Con interview last night just to kind of brush up on stuff. And yeah. in 20, sorry, yeah, 2019, he was kind of discussing where, like how the movie kind of came to be. And he said that, you know, he was a first timer. Tim Burton was a first timer. And 
he said as kind of an insurance policy, Warner Brothers would pair up first timers with seasoned old timers. So like the choreographer, I think, I don't, I don't know. Cinematographer. Well, yeah. People on the crew yeah. were sort of just, you know, I, I guess kind of there to lend a hand. Like some of the other key players in terms of like making sure the movie looked good. Like, yeah. for, like technically they, they put veterans in those spots exactly, and then they let, you know, virgin writers and directors, you know, do the rest, uh, which is very interesting. You can uh, tell some yeah. of the, that, that's some of my complaints, like an overall, just haven't, haven't seen, seeing this in, in its entirety in a long time, which was also so fucking nostalgic like oh, yeah. the whole like, Godzilla oh, yeah. thing at the end. And who is that? Like, who's the hairband person that's filming the video? Snyder. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that whole scene and that song he's singing. I was like, you know, like, <laughs> uh, I mean, I, you can't really put a finger on whatever nostalgia is like my brother fucking loves this movie. Loved this movie. I, I, if, would he still like it? I don't know. I think there's plenty to like, but I was, what I was getting at, sorry for my, diverging there a little bit but it, the first time directing you can feel it it's just there's like not enough coverage in some of the scenes maybe and there's not enough maybe cut like like punch-ins or insert shots or there's just moments that are missing and when it's on it's so fucking good like that whole that whole scene at the end when he's walking look, look classic this podcast classic jump the to the end jeremy if you didn't know gus always jumps to the end Ah, we all do it. It's always us. Uh, it's mostly me. Um, <laughs> but when that whole scene and his big, all his big scenes and stuff, and they had to replace his fucking voice, that is like, <laughs> it's, it's so fucking like good. Mr. Herman. And yeah, and, the, and him acting, <laughs> yeah, and him Mr. like Herman. not looking at the camera yeah. and looking at the, like acting like how he's much, bad at acting. Is and how so much hard. he's good at, like just him like reacting to himself and like loving yeah. it and stuff. And, yeah. like, and <laughs> And then, I, like him giving all the different treats yeah, and stuff snow away, and candy. And, it's yeah. all of that works so well. And I think the other scene that really works is the uh, um, the jailbird. That the whole sequence. I think yeah. the, the combination yeah, Mickey, of those two having the, the file and the hot dog, and and the cop is just oh, yeah. wait a minute. <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah, I yeah. tried, Mickey. But when he does the whole <laughs> thing, he dresses up like a woman. I just think the combination of those two yeah. is very yeah. good. You've set up the like innocence of uh, of him, but then like, also how he's, but he like, also thinks he's a badass. Like yeah, and, yeah. I, there is it. It's, it just really works. It, it, it helps, other, it other stuff is like character. very flat. Sure, for me. A lot of the movie fell so flat. I was like, oh, oh, that's not good. Or like they're holding on a scene. I get the intention. Like when he's bike has been stolen and he's sitting there and like uh, a crazy bike comes by. And then like this like bike with like 13 people on it goes by. And then like a little tiny remote control. (laughs) That's like that's a very funny bit and would work better with like snappier kind of almost like Pixar-y Disney uh editing timing there not the like i don't know just that a lot of these scenes where they're kind of counting on ruben to do something yeah and the cinematographer gus also did clue a national lampoon's vacation so which a lot of that is set up like a stage play where they just let it play out Mm -hmm. so i'm i'm betting that some of that stuff was like they're having a production meeting and tim burton's like 
okay, we only have this much money. I what, I totally what can we do like without sure. a bunch of setups? And the cinematographer's like, well, in Clue, we did this. Or, you know, yeah, yeah, well, that's yeah, the same yeah. year, but National, you know, National Lampoon Vacation. We, we could just make this. it one shot. Yeah. Right. And um, so a lot of that was probably first time director, also like taking advice to cut corners and stay on budget, you know. For sure. The, the scene where he's like the the he's in the nun outfit and he's just waiting like to have like an insert shot of his foot tapping and like the really build sure. that tension of him like but also like people didn't do that yet i was gonna true. say yeah, this, this is, is like 85 the 80s style of doing comedy movies which is very kind theatrical wide theatrical yeah. yeah yep which that was just kind of the style i love the oh my god this guy did jingle all it. the way the cinematographer. Yeah, I was I was looking at the cinematographer's IMDb, and it's pretty impressive. Um, Tommy Boy. Yeah, it's uh, Victor Kemper is the cinematographer, yeah. and awesome. to, yeah, Tommy Boy. Uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, credits dating back to the seventies, so he, he was like jerk. one of those veteran. Wow, people slap shot. I was going to say that I love how theatrical the movie is, like how circusy it is. I love little details like when they're driving at night and they're passing by the signs and you can clearly see that they're being pulled. Right. The signs are on little dollies and you can see the rope being. And then like when he's, when he's pulling the chain out of the bike, you can kind of see it coming in the bottom. Yeah. It's that yeah. sort of like, I saw that as a way of like winking at the audience, like kind of sh showing you off the stage a little bit. Like, I was listening to an interview with um, Tarantino on uh, his love of Evil Dead 2 and everything he just said there kind of reminded me of that. He's like, yeah, it's just a car, like a toy car being pulled across like a fake bridge. Yeah. But it's fucking awesome. It was just rock and roll. <laughs> like they were just yeah. doing it. It's just like, like make I, it work. Yeah. I think I like that too. And I, I think coming, Burton coming from an animating, animator kind of standpoint, and having like those little animated scenes. Oh yeah. And even just that the aesthetic there especially in the dinosaur oh, dream God. is so like very so Burton. That Whatever dinosaur that is. is so crude. Oh, the yeah. Kyoto yeah. brothers the Kyoto brothers were the animators here. So this is I mean they did Killer Clowns from Outer Space, and uh, they made the puppets for Team America, and uh, they're eerie. Yeah, that, People, right? I was neighbors with their nephew. Oh, really? Nephew. Yeah. Oh. Um, which they the, his part of the family produce pronounces the name differently, so I didn't believe him for a while, but then he proved it. Um, but yeah, they're 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 eerie natives. So, in terms of of the animation, just a, a cursory Wikipedia glance. And I, but I couldn't find the article. It said, it said that the large Marge scene, so now I'm cutting right to the middle. <laughs> That's classic love, Jeremy. We love it. We love it. Classic <laughs> Jeremy. This, well, we're talking animation. This, yeah. uh, it was an IFC article that said it is like number five in the, I don't know, the 25 scariest movie scenes in fiction or something. I, I don't know. Something like that. And, and I couldn't find, I tried to find the actual article that it cited, but yeah. just the fact that that scene, I know it scared the crap out of me as a kid. No question. Uh, no, I know a lot of 
I think I've just blacked it out because I only remember <laughs> I remember seeing like stills of it on the internet. You know what I mean? But oh, I don't yeah. remember watching it as a kid. I think my brother loved it and thought it was so funny and just like the name so, Marge yeah. Marge that it was became like we like just like, like, couldn't yeah. wait for that scene to come up because I, I had that buffer of somebody right being like this is cool and fun. Well, stop motion in general. Uh, sorry, Brad, but but there's a there's a good chunk of people that are just creeped out by it you know especially 80s stop motion that's I mean. true my sister being one of them um, well this is before the california raisins the vent and stuff of the 80s just had a certain look all of that there was uh, a grimy grittiness to it yeah like they, didn't, they didn't have lunch boxes basically they, <laughs> they couldn't see what they were doing like they were using yeah. surface gauges to check their progress that yeah, that technology so like, to be able to look at your animation while you're doing it, that technology wasn't available until like the late 80s. Wow, that is so, crazy. People like Harryhausen, like you look at Harryhausen stuff and it's like you you think about the fact that he couldn't see his animation until the film was processed and he got it back on Monday. <laughs> right. he, yeah. he was using surface gauges to measure how far the puppet had moved. and. It, and then the rest is just instinct. Yeah. It, and and yeah, that's why it has kind of like a, it does kind of, even really good animation from the era has this kind of jittery, like, you know how in the modern horror movies, they'll make like a, a scary ghost or something move in a way that is like oh, yeah. not consistent, you know? And it's like, yeah. it has, it kind of has that because it, does, it was practically yeah. impossible to make it like actually perfectly smooth. So even a smooth arm movement would have some stutter in it yeah. just due to the nature of it. And there's I no, forgot about the, um, there's no motion sorry. blur either. So that right. I think is part of the, and that sometimes is. just creeps people out just cause it's, they're not used to seeing that. It makes people uneasy. That's why in live action films like Saving Private Ryan and stuff, they'll crank up the shutter angle, you know, to strobe like that because it like, that's why strobe lights, why they have strobe lights in haunted houses and shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, like the whole, it, like, think about like after the ring, like everybody was doing that recording a person backwards and then like messing with the frame rate as they, yeah, like, like they would have them do it backwards and then, yeah. And then play it back for forward yeah. action. And it looks like real creepy. Right. Yeah. Which made sense in the ring because she's on a VHS a tape, tape and then everybody, but then it's like Gothica you, and like and 13 ghosts and like every fucking 14 movie in the ghosts, early aughts. 15 ghosts, 16 ghosts. <laughs> Damn it. They fucked up. <laughs> what a franchise they had there. Um, uh, yeah, I, I forgot about that. Uh, the animated eyes when it's all black. Yeah, oh, I, I love that. on his goggles. Like, like, and like does he ever bring back the boomerang? That had to be rotoscope, right? No. The, well, boomerang, so. the boomerang tie was used in a scene that was cut. That was cut. Uh, during, okay. the, during the chase at the end, the chase through the uh. studio. He used when it, he, but they cut it. So. When he comes in and there's all the mountain lions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pretty good. So one like, of them's a bear, they're too. All it's just, yeah. I definitely yeah, they're, like they're... still laughed out loud plenty of times. Oh, um, yeah. I just was sort of picking up more on the naivete of the film, the, like the directing. It, and I think the movie doesn't, for me, it doesn't really pick up until he's on the adventure and sure. he's looking for the bike. That's 
when and like as and especially with the what's the jailbird guy's name? Mickey. Mickey. Mickey, dude. Mickey is hands down my favorite character, like side character to the movie. He's got a real and, bad temper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's arrested for cutting the the tag off of a mattress. And Alex, my wife, was like, "Oh my god, I was so afraid of getting in trouble for that." Or like, I, I, I blame this movie because yeah, I was probably I like four <laughs> when I three and a half or something when I saw this. <laughs> then I never bothered reading the tag that says like "accept by the person who buys." If it. If you buy the you mattress, want. you're allowed to tear the tag off. Let me right. Just, so he must have done it in the. Right. So he was yeah. just running around mattress warehouse, just cutting off tags. He's got a real <laughs> bad temper. Got a real I bad do think temper. this movie is one of those movies that kind of like I don't know how to word this, but like metaphorically, like took the blindfold off of like audiences and and like pushed what like something can be you know what yeah. i mean I feel, yeah i this, think it was uh, what is uh, i don't know what what you would call that necessarily well <laughs> sure. i would say this movie is one of the early early movies where i looked at it and because of kind of the crudeness of it it made me kind of realize oh movies are a thing that are made by people like Sure. People do this for a living just because of all the like seeing off the set kind of stuff and the crudeness well, of it. Like the, the whole opening sequence is like showing you like who Pee Wee is, you know, he's like a, yeah. a grown up kid who's got all these toys and treats everything like a, it's a game. And but he also like makes these wacky inventions and all this other stuff. And he's like. You know, he's just like a totally unique individual. And then it's like the rest of the movie kind of feels like it was made by Pee Wee. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think that's what they were trying to kind of do is like, well, if Pee Wee was directing, like, what would he do here type of thing? Um, like the whole movie kind of embodies his himself. character. Right. And he's yeah. always himself, I think. And that's what endears you to him. It's like when he gets to the biker gang and he's like, I'm on the phone. <laughs> like, <laughs> excuse me. Like, excuse me. Excuse like, me. It's so good. And like a, a lot of what works for me in the comedy that the stuff that makes me laugh is the like he's going here. Then he goes up for a second. And he comes back. And down like, ah, and like, yeah. Yeah. Like that whole speech that gets repeated three or four times uh, the, the about loner I'm a loner. Yeah. Loner, like Mickey says it and it's the movie. And, but I yeah. think it's Pee-wee's is, the setup of that is so good. There's a couple, the, the, the payoff of him like wrecking his bike, which is very, made me think of hot rod when he wrecks his bike into the kids. He's like, la, 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 doing all these yeah. stuff. And all of a sudden, like, <laughs> he like wrecks, yeah. there's all these kids just on their bikes, like hanging yeah. out and they just look at him like, that. who the fuck is this? Yeah. Yeah. And then at the end, when he comes in, they're like, whoa. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's something that you remember. Yeah. You no, know, they had, they held it and made it awkward enough for you to remember. Right. And, yeah. He went and totally redeemed him. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many weird little characters. Like, well, so that, yeah. Like Amazing Larry. Amazing Larry. We amazing never learn Larry. anything about Amazing Larry. Well, I want it, a movie about Amazing Larry. <laughs> I mean, I just kind of assumed he was like an existing like person in the like stand-up groundlings well, world. Yeah, I, no? I never saw any of it. He could have been. Know. I don't know. Well, That's what I was just kind of assumed. One of the interesting things about the character Pee Wee Herman is that like 
all the movies are different. Like, and the TV show, like his backstory and what he's doing always changes. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's living in a different house. He has a different job. Yeah. And for that reason, I did not like Big Top Pee Wee as a kid. I didn't. It made no sense. Yeah. I didn't didn't like either of the other ones. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I just, I did not understand. Like, wait a minute. I, like, he's got a new girlfriend. He lives in a new place. Like, did you see the newest then, one too? The yeah, and you know, I liked it, but it was the same thing. Yeah. You know, it, it wasn't. There's nothing. It was the same story, just the gags were amplified a little bit and modernized. Right. So, in that sense, I, I think the rewatchability is. Yeah, you kind of need to you can start off that way. Yeah. You know, and give it make it very familiar and then let it like take it somewhere different, you know. I think that there's just that there's just the fear these days. Such fear. (laughs) Must Must make make money. Must make money. 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 Money, please. Not not good. Doesn't make yeah. No, no, no. Just don't do anything that will make anybody be like. Well, this isn't exactly what I was expecting. Well, um, like you were pointing out, yeah. Adam, that this has a real low budget, six million dollars, right? And yeah, it, it was that's just how a much I spend hit. on car washes and cereal every month. <laughs> sure. Okay. <laughs> but it was a big hit. It was a surprise hit. Like the studio didn't think it was gonna be a hit. They thought it was just gonna be this dumb little comedy that came and went, but no, well, then I guess was, they opened it up to more theaters after they realized it started gaining momentum. Like it had a role in like, police. Yeah, that's just a rarity. Um, well, the, I mean, I'm sure everyone here knows the whole story of how Tim Burton ended up directing it. You watched the, this is Comic Con interview, right? Yeah, 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 I watched talking about too. Shelley Duvall. Yeah, Shelley yeah. Duvall. He was like at a party and a woman said, you know, oh, you should, he, he had 200 some directors that he's, yeah. he submitted to the studio and they said no. And they said, it's going to be this guy. And he said, no. And they're like, all right, we'll give you like two weeks to find somebody that we'll say yes to. <laughs> and he was at a party basically just like talking to a woman that was in the ground legs. I can't remember her name. And she said, oh, you should do, you sh- it should be Tim Burton. He's the guy. She was like lit up like, oh my God, like he's perfect. Yeah, Shelly Duvall was just in yeah. Frankenweenie like that he yeah. directed like, and then yeah. he talked to Shelley Duvall and whenever he brought it up, she was like, oh my God, yes. And then so it's like two people that I really trusted, you know, that I performed with were like, yeah, he's the guy. So he, he sent him a letter. I don't know if I could tell a fact. He, they, he put a pigeon in a bottle. I didn't know how it works <laughs> back then. And, uh, and didn't expect to hear back from him. And Im- immediately he was like, uh, he got the script to him somehow. And he's like, yeah, read it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it. This is awesome. And then when the studio heard it was him, they were like, well, the, you, this you want this to be your directorial feature <laughs> debut, and uh, he was like, "Hell yeah!" And they were like, "Okay," and because uh, they thought he wasn't going to find anybody that they would say that they would agree to in that yeah. two weeks, and that they were going to tank the project. But um, due to just like happenstance of who he knew, and it's what a lot of this stuff in this industry. Listen, these people are talented, but a lot of it is who you know. You know? Yeah, yeah. What were you going to say, Jeremy? No, I'm actually just googling it. I had heard. I think it was that same interview where Tim Burton appeared in the movie and he, he is in the movie. Yeah. Now I'm just looking it up. There's Thug a bunch of alley. He's yeah. He's the <laughs> yeah, guy. He's who one says, of the people. And he oh, knows, that, yeah. Uh, I don't, like, we don't take yeah, that, that, strangers that, that, coming around here. Yeah. yeah. Also Elvira. 
Yeah. It's a mama. I had no idea. Mama biker. Well, that's a fun, that's uh, the one of the, in, like you see him freaking out about his bike with like going on like that long rant in his, yeah. ba- in his basement that looks a lot like uh, Lucas's basement. Of evidence. <laughs> yeah. 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 But that to show what we the contrast from what we see at the beginning, that peewee to yeah, yeah. how do, how dark, dark peewee. peewee yeah, dark. it's the difference between like mm-hmm. the animated TV series Batman and the Dark Knight, <laughs> right? <laughs> Swear to my bike. So there, one of the bikes is on display. There were ten, ten bikes. One of them's on display in Pittsburgh right now. Apparently, oh, where at? Uh, it just says. Uh, Good luck finding it. At Bicycle Heaven, a museum in Pittsburgh Chateau neighborhood. Eight Ah. days ago. But yeah, there were 10. And I I had heard, um, there's just a YouTube video that kind of talks about like what happened to all the bikes or what happened to the bike. And then people didn't realize there were 10. And floating around. And I think one sold on some auction site for 35,000 or something somewhere. Kind of surprised it's not a little bit more than that, but I mean, on it. Well, let's just be. Let's just. I mean, we already kind of got it out in the air, but like, I feel like Pee Wee Fever kind of died out there for a couple decades due to some (laughs) circumstances. Uh, Well, so they were saying that was a really dark time in his life because I guess he couldn't break out of. He couldn't get out of that character. Those were like he couldn't get into real acting. Yeah, and they were. If this was yeah. early nineties, yeah, ninety one was. He the, was at his lowest point, and it was almost like he just didn't care anymore. His acting career had stagnated, and Pee Wee Fever was pretty much on yeah. the way. For he that time, non grata. like the mid mid to the late eighties, were kind of the the big era of Pee Wee being a pop culture phenomenon. But he was I mean, always in character. That he was like, that was part of the problem. He, they were was, saying that they he can never when he had to, when he had established that character. They were saying his agents or I don't know who whoever managed his his uh, public appearances. But they were like, you know, when your parents go to see your premieres, when they see, they they're not allowed to be near you. They can't. You have to maintain. You have to be in this character. People can't yeah. know anything about your personal life. And so he was this character and he, he could never pivot right. to other acting roles. And he has he a, a, there's a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame that says Pee Wee Herman, not Paul Rubens. Right. Not Paul Rubens. Yeah. Pee-wee and Herman. I mean, and it says, that doesn't say Paul Rubens. Yeah. No, he's Rubin credited either. as Pee Wee Herman at but both ends of the Paul film. Paul Rubens is credited as a writer. As, as a writer. Right. But, but then yeah, all of his cast, appearances were Pee Wee Herman as himself. That was how he was always credited. Yeah. So, yeah, it was. But I mean, before, I had thought that, too, that the sort of the thing in the theater was sort of whether conscious or subconscious, a way to separate himself from that persona, maybe. Yeah. And I, gotta tell you, I remember seeing well, maybe subconscious like. I don't know. Um, I think he was just depressed and needed to rub one out and didn't have a VCR. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he lived in uh, lived in a big city. I mean, Sarasota, on. Florida. Yeah. So, but then that I remember city, seeing um, seeing Blow in the theater and seeing Paul Rubens. I'm like, what in the world? That's Pee Wee. That was the first yeah. that I had ever seen him 
No, I haven't looked at his IMDb. I don't know what he did. I'm just was, looking. But I remember like that blew me away. I, I'm like, man, that's he so does. That's where they the got the title. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's Buffy, well, the Buffy I, movie. It was we yes, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which was one of the first um like PG 13 movies I got to go see in a theater like late on a school night uh, with my brother. You know, it was so <laughs> cool. And he's so I funny know. in that movie. Like his death scene yeah. is so ridiculous, <laughs> but it like it's fun. And yeah. the whole movie is so silly. But then I was thinking, I was like, man, where the fuck is Pee Wee Herman? And then uh, seeing uh, Mystery Team Squad. Oh, what yeah. The fuck the spleen, that movie called? Uh, yeah. Oh, Mystery Men. Mystery Men. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Mystery yeah. Men. It was in there. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, and I I was like, this movie's kind of yeah. fun. No, that movie's like, pretty good. I, yeah. Yeah. That moment. He's really funny in that. And just the amount of voice yeah. acting he did. A lot is of voice acting. Elizabeth Daly, too, the woman who yeah. plays Dottie, has done a lot of voice acting. Yeah, Chucky from Rugrats. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, not Chucky. Tommy. Oh, Tommy. 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 Tommy Pickles. Yeah. And then Tommy. Uh, yeah, yeah. from Powerpuff Girls. Um, yeah. The Redhead. What? I was going to say, I just have always had a say, crush I on I think her, Dottie, Dottie is probably my first, like, without knowing it type of thing my thought was yeah like peewee what is wrong with you like go to I know. The, go to the drive-in with this yeah. girl like what's you know what i mean like i didn't understand why but i was just like oh yeah, yeah you idiot and his his um well i and it's her voice too there's something about her voice yeah. i love yeah. her I love women voice. that's it's a great chain voice. smoke elizabeth daly minor 80s <sighs> heartthrob there I, I I had Minor a big crush on her yeah. as, as yeah. well. She was also in Better Off Dead and um, Valley Girl with Nick Cage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's um, good. I hey, like her. Yeah. Do uh, did you get the? Did you watch any Phil Hartman interviews? Did you get the impression that he was kind of like not super proud of being involved with this? <laughs> really? I don't. I kind of got that impression. Like he didn't seem to like talking about it. Hmm. And he didn't say like, he, oh, he I really love this experience and I love, yeah. I'm so proud of it or anything. He was just like, yeah, we did this and then they made the movie and that's what happened. Like, There was something, something yeah, happened. I saw where he said, I think once he got on SNL, he had kind of moved beyond it. Yeah, he did. And he mentioned that like, it was an important thing in his career. He was right. on the show too. He was just. Captain Carl in yeah. the Playhouse. So, but I like. I feel like maybe they had a personal falling out that just we don't know about or something. Because later interviews before, hmm. again, R.I.P. He passed away way too young. Um, murdered. Well, okay, we didn't have to get so granular. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty tragic. Yeah. No. Yeah, that was that passing sucks. away. Yeah. yeah, I loved him on SNL. I pretty much anything he was ever in, like. Yeah, he was loved him. the glue Lionel that held Lutz. SNL together for oh, years. For, yeah, for years. It could play any kind of straight man you wanted while also being hilarious. Yeah, too bad. We got to talk about the the villain in all this. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, so disgusting, that character. I just... Okay, Francis. Something Francis. about him. Francis <laughs> yeah. Buxton. Mark, Francis. Mark Holton. What is... Can you explain... Explain the um the, 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 the monogram jumpsuit he and his father both wear. Yeah. <laughs> Why is that like 
When has that ever been a rich thing? Same. He looks like he's like owns like a fucking car. I think that's car. the whole thing is that like, it's. I think honestly, it's whether it was t- conscious or not. It's supposed to. It's be like, oh, what would be the most ridiculous thing for a rich person to pair with an ascot? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, to what would be the ridiculous yeah. thing for it? Like, it. What would a dumb rich person think was cool? You know. It's just very yeah. It's I very always loved his bathtub. Yeah, Dude, the whole I gotta tell you, the scene two, is one of the most rem- memorable that, parts for me. Yeah, when yeah, he dives sure, yeah. into the pool. Yeah, yeah, that that yeah. just killed me as a kid. Yeah. No one can hear you for miles around, <laughs> and they're like right on the other side. They're like, <laughs> yeah. "Are you okay?" I love his. Um, after his dad catches him, his little "I'm very sorry," like his whole apology. Yeah, he, that's it, a fake apology. Would you, thing. Would you like some gum? Yeah. Experiment yeah. or what, so what the dad gets one that's he well the, what does he do the dad's he do got like dad? a like it's a like hot 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 spicy one. or whatever. yeah and then the other one's pink right. it's yeah, kind of it lost. it's not oh, a very good that there should have had yeah, like steam that, shoot out of his ears yeah I, that took me a while to get that yeah. too like yeah I think it's supposed to be spicy but yeah well so okay. Francis is he's also like a man child right yeah. Is interesting casting. Yeah. He's the yeah. polar opposite. And I wish we would have seen more of him, to be honest. He appears at the end, but yeah. Um, just, you know, he's a big baby man playing in the pool. And yeah. And what he couldn't have stolen the, the bike. He was, uh, or we were assembling his train set all day or something like that. <laughs> right. He makes and, a little sad face. Hmm. <laughs> and he didn't because he paid off some street tough, some greaser street tough to <laughs> yeah, steal it. I pulled from the 50s. Yeah. And I'm still going to get my money. Tigers. Yeah. yeah. He, he, Francis does do, I think, um, shit. Who's the giant, uh, jealous Andy. boyfriend? Andy. Oh, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> Andy. Yeah. Like that guy looks apart, but he doesn't know how to like play up the camera. And sure, so you have they should have got like booger or not booger, um, fucking ogre, yeah, 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 or ogre. somebody like that who, yeah, like, or like another yeah, yeah. like. I get the like. I think the character animator in character designer slash animator. No, in, I uh, thought I thought for Burton, sure the casting. There. I thought he was the guy that played Bluto in Popeye, but. No. He wasn't. It's a different guy. I guess as a kid, I thought no. it was the same guy. He, he was a wrestler. Very that character. Yeah, I loved his, uh, Andy's okay. acting is hilarious. I love the double take he does in the bullpen. Like, yeah, I <laughs> and he doesn't. It's he should good, go bad. like, it's like or something. Like, he, he never like, really makes like, a uh, face though. Yeah, like, I know his facial yeah. acting is bad. I'd, my favorite part with him that's though, I'm saying is, Francis, that character, he's he's sure, overdoing but that's, it. But yeah, it yep. fits the, <laughs> when he's yeah. at the ticket window, you don't know he's there. And he says, like, oh, sorry, you just missed that one. And he stands up and he's like four feet taller than everyone else. And Pee-wee's like, like that works, but you don't even see his face. He, like, he's not even acting. He's literally just standing up. Yeah. <laughs> like that part not, I thought was great. Not a good actor, that guy. You said he's a wrestler. No. He was a professional Apparently. wrestler. I'm, okay. I'm seeing if he was ever in anything else here. John Harris. He had to run so much and he can just... Yeah, he, was he got he got poor man. He's, you know, rock bottomed to the knees. He got metal chairs to his 30, elbows. Times. Yeah. Well, he's just yeah. so he was big. Very and he's large. Like five movies. Overweight. Four movies. Yeah. Yeah. He you wasn't know, in much. When Seven he falls, eight. he falls like in a big Ooh. wide desert shot. I think he's... That's really just, him just like just fall. Yeah. Fighting yeah, just, the dust. He's yeah. like, oh, I could do that. <laughs> 
It's like, no one's going to land on me afterwards. Oh, that's fine. Oh, no, I'm not saying, I don't think he, I didn't think, oh, he, you fell. think he fell accidentally. That's yeah. very possible. <laughs> he does a really good, like, yeah, he's like whenever, slipping. He, yeah. once he starts stumbling, he yeah. does that thing. Yeah. Alex and I were talking about that when watching it, rewatching it, just like, just how weird it is, but it kind of works. And like, maybe there's some stuff that, doesn't quite land right but when it does land right it's so good it, yeah it's worth all and, the little lulls and and you do and just to be able to pull off what they did where you have this i did i thought that it was already established with pv's playhouse so i thought this was like oh it's pv's playhouse this is an established thing he's killing it let's go on to this so i get that it was kind of established but in terms of anyways, on screen like in not really but just to go from like having this character and showing it to the masses and for people to get it and then like him and go on this journey with him and only like, and by the end of it, you fucking love him. Everybody loves him. Like, yeah, man. Yeah. And everybody loves him. I think that's, that is the achievement. Like that's really fucking hard to do to have this, like the whole movie depends on, on it's like a Jim Carrey yeah. or a, I don't, you know, that kind of character is like, no one yeah. is Jim Carrey, yeah. you know? And how do you write for Jim Carrey? How do you write for Pee Wee Herman? It's like you need those yeah. guys to be. Yeah. Well, and that, that was the, in the middle of the movie, yeah. he calls Dottie and he says he's learned humility. And that I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess this movie does have character development. <laughs> and yeah, so it's very you look at him in the beginning and like, the end. Yeah. Everyone likes him, but he he learns humility. That but is then the he kind of like forgets it. <laughs> as soon as the movie premiere happens as, as well. But like it's you don't care. But he does take Dottie to the drive-in. So. Yeah, sure. Well, he, yeah, he's he's a man of his word, and she and he has doesn't seem a little to hate it. And every other like, person hey. that he ever met. <laughs> Speck. Uh, yeah, I forgot that that pet scene. Oh, wait, oh my god! What a sidebar. That's how the he gets stinks. out of like getting arrested for <laughs> ruining this all the movies. Boy's a hero. And he, this boy's under he's going to jail. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. he doesn't want to save the snake. The snake thing. He keeps looking at I love him. The that he, he frees the monkey first so he can help him. And yeah, they, man. <laughs> yeah. The monkey's bringing out like cages. It's a chimpanzee, guys. Okay. Oh, okay. Right? It's 2023 for Christ's sake. So, <laughs> kind of off topic, this sort of hit me about halfway through. Now, when we talk about my top five favorite movies, the Muppet movie, the original one, is in there, right? And that was like 78, 79. Milton Berle is in both of them. Oh, which yeah. I, I totally forgot he was in Pee-wee. But it hit me halfway through. The Muppet movie is like the same formula. Oh, it's yeah. about them on an adventure. And it's a movie within a movie. Yeah. Did that occur to that. What is that called? What's What kind of movie is that called? I'm sure there's a term for it. A, a formula for the, it. The, like, it's the kind Odyssey. of like almost like an Odyssey. Yeah, it's, again, like it's a, like, yeah, yeah we were, that's Bo is Afraid. It's the odyssey. Uh, it's just it's just what your goals are. Like, is it funny? Is it emotional? Is it? But yeah, people. There are what? There are only how many stories, guys? You have professional teacher people, like six seven, or seven. seven. Yeah, types of stories. So, I love um, that he gets uh, annoyed by the hobo. It's like yeah, the first time he's where singing. he's like, he's like oh this my guy God, likes get to sing songs more than me. And yeah. he just jumps off the train yeah. without his bag. <laughs> oh, yeah. we didn't even talk about the whole Alamo. Like, I would kind of say one of the more famous, like, 
plot there are gags of thousands all of time. uses for tortillas and we're going to go through them all. <laughs> <laughs> well just the whole like his whole yeah. the whole reason he's he's trying to a, a fake fortune teller the whole film the impetus of the journey is a fake fortune teller tells him that it's in the basement of the Alamo yeah. and he go, gets there and finds out there's no base they all they build it without a basement I was did anybody think about oh, yeah, Pizza on there? Gate? and uh, like, Pizza Gate? Yeah. What else is this movie's <laughs> secrets revealing? I was, yeah. yeah, I was wondering with the fortune teller, like how many people? Because she gets it, like she looks across the street and it says Al and it Mo. It says Al and Mo's garage. Or so whatever. how how many people did she tell to go to the Alamo? What you're seeking is at the Alamo, just because that's across the street from her window. She's all, she also attacks. I was thinking too. that that she does income tax. <laughs> yeah, 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 that was yeah taxes. Yeah, um, I like. I was thinking, is that entire bit on the like the joke like way down the line where he goes, "What do you remember? Oh. Like, do you remember anything?" He's like, "I remember." Yeah, the and Alamo. I was like, "Yeah," and and then, <laughs> yeah, they all love that. Dude. Like, is that the? joke that was like how can we then reverse engineer it I, honestly i think that's one of the best payoffs in the film yeah people who work at the alamo say to this day oh people, people still ask, ask about the basement like, oh and i bet goodness. it's dads being like hey uh, i'll give you 20 dollars if you show us the basement you know there's no basement at the alamo Jan I know there's kids down there coming with an AR-15. You show me the basement right now. Her Texas accent is perfect. In it that. is really good. It's so good. <laughs> oh, she's so good. She's hilarious. Apparently, most of her lines were improvised too. Um, the uh, her, all of her little bits to make the tour excruciatingly long. Yeah, <laughs> are if she was improvising all of those, holy shit! I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if she was like. You know, hey Paul, come come to my trailer. Let's let's workshop some stuff. You know, before she shot, probably. she was probably only on set for like a day or two. Yeah. You know, real quick, a lot of real fun cameos. A lot oh of, yeah. Obviously, we I think we mentioned most of them, but the the score. We got to talk about the score a little. Like, oh I yeah, mean, we, like sure, it's so iconic. I, I think the score is almost more iconic. It, it's almost it movie. makes it's almost like what I remember from the movie. Well, it goes hand yeah. in hand in and that it, it something about the um Root Goldberg stuff, you know, and that 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 it's very and then like that just kind of that whole Root Goldbergy contraption thing, that's in like all of those like I feel like that's in so what many is, of what his is movies. the um powerhouse, the song. Dun 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 yeah. One that's used, yeah, yeah, same okay, yes. type of beat, assembly line music. Yes. No, he's very much like copying yeah. that, like, um, I mean, pre-talky or early talky, like animation, like, oh, there is a kind of unstoppable force or a process mechanical, yeah. you know, steamrollery type thing. Um, and there's some uh, other like even earlier classical pieces that that stuff's borrowed from, but that kind of becomes like his like signature for a long time. Cause he's, you know, that's in. Yeah. That's all that's the early Burton thing. films. Yeah, yeah. Like the most filtered down Danny Elfman. I feel like, like it's like his purest form in, when he's doing this score. Should we rate it? Should we rate it? Our new thing we do, oh, Jeremy. Don't get mad at us. Don't get mad at us. 
Huh. Don't get mad. It's our oh, opinion, no, okay. not yours. And just, uh, you know, for edification, and I don't know if Gus and Brad approach this the same way, but I think about it as like, you know, the worst a film possibly could be is a zero and the best a possible. So like nothing is a 10. Do you know what I mean? It's not a sliding scale based on what's the best movie ever made is a 10. It's like, for me, some of the best movies ever made are like eights. Do you know what I'm saying? But then there's big Which trouble. Which is a 10. 10. <laughs> no, we'll never be beat. Predator. Well, wait, wait till we get to what are you watching? What are you watching? Right. There's okay. no question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the film really is leveraged for me because of nostalgia. We had like five films on... VHS tapes <laughs> that I just watched over and over and over. And that was pretty much TV for me. We didn't get cable till I was like 15. I mean, that's so, kind right, of, so, kind of so, cool. So go way. ahead and uh, yeah, go ahead and rate it. I'll, I'll hear your ratings. I'll, I'm probably with you on it. All right. Brad, where, um, where are you at? I think this movie holds up. I mean, there's a big nostalgia thing for me, obviously too. I've seen this movie a bunch of times and then I hadn't seen it for probably 10 or 15 years before I rewatched it. And it was, I, I think it holds up pretty well. It's really corny, obviously intentionally. So the, the filmmaking in it is crude. I think it's intentional to make it look stagey. Um, I'm going to say six and a half. Out of um, 10. That's I'm, my I'm going to say uh I'm going to say a 6 because of cultural significance. Yeah, I think I'm right there with Lucas, like 6, like the the bits that work are really fucking good. I think overall it just doesn't hit what it, like it it's like it's this nostalgia thing and like sometimes the nostalgia thing keeps going for me like for like Legend and Big Trouble Little China and Tremors and all those movies, but where I'm like, oh no, these are still really good movies and I can enjoy them as an adult. Where this is, it, it's almost that. If he made this after that, Beetlejuice, I think it would probably be like an eight. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? But, but then would Beetlejuice well, be that's as what good I mean. as... And like I... Yeah, you gotta, gotta start would, somewhere. But even Beetlejuice is kind of, is pretty like janky from time to time, a lot of it has to do with how good. I think all of his movies are, though. I think Tim Burton's movies. Oh no! And you you see that as he gets bigger and bigger, bigger budgets. It's like, oh, now you're spending hundreds of people's time animating shit that kind of sucks. <laughs> it's like, stop it. Go back to what you're good at. You idiot. I love you. Yeah. Also, your hair. All right, Jeremy, what <laughs> how would you rank this uh zero oh, to man. ten? Well, I never really thought of it much before. I, I'd say I agree with all your comments. I'll, I'll say seven and a half. I'll, okay. like I said, I'll leverage it in that direction. All right, cool. Well, all right. uh so Hell we yeah, do, Jeremy. Um you haven't listened in a while, but we do a segment at the end called What Are You Watching? Uh, where we <laughs> briefly talk about let alone did he uh, actually get through. Yeah, I don't, part yeah. most people don't. <laughs> you make may it not to have even end, ever gotten yeah. it to the end. So <laughs> this we, is mainly for us. Yeah, we just spend a few minutes talking about something we've we've watched this week. So, um, so uh, now it's time for a segment called "What Are You Watching?" 
Uh, so what do you guys been watching this week? Lucas, should we do I guess, go together? Yeah, because like I know there's stuff I I know I watch something. I can't think yeah, of it because I have this like, giant weird brown out <laughs> kind of experience. I, some, I know I watched something on like probably Tuesday after the podcast and something on Wednesday. I think I watched. Oh, you know what I watched? I was watching um like Tour de France, the women's Tour de France uh, stage recaps. That's what I was watching. Oh. Uh, but that's not important. So. At, we had our um, our sexless drinking cult uh, weekend with a bunch of college buddies, uh, but it's really cool. <laughs> well, you did you you did the what we're about to get to is Lucas made a makeshift movie theater screen in the middle of a field, and it was so fucking fun. It was at the end of the night when it was dark and everybody was like slowing down a little bit, and he downloaded like. 20 to 30 classic movies for us to just like, like dude, pick bro from. movies, you know, and we watch your bros. Yeah. We watch big trouble, <laughs> little China. We watch tremors. We watch blood sport. We watch fury road. We watch predator. And maybe you guys watch another we one. Something I, else. I can't honestly even remember what it was. <laughs> <laughs> dude. But so much fun with Predator. We were like, all like, I was like, all right, everybody, like, scream <laughs> yeah. when Arnold screams when he does like that big yell at the end. And we all did a big belt great. and just, yeah. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. uh, I watched that's what okay. that's what Luke's I've been watching. Nice. Yeah. Lived together I'm moving into his head. Uh, <laughs> I, I watched a movie called The Wonder on Netflix. It's um, uh, Florence Pugh and the guy who played. Oh yeah, um, I, I, oh, Lucas, I saw this that. for any of you. <laughs> yeah, and I tried to watch it, and then I stopped. <laughs> yeah. It was it was fine. No, it was interesting. Yeah, it was, interesting. It was whatever. Yeah, I think I, like I got through it because of my like baggage involving religion, etc. Do you know I what I mean? It, I made it all the way through. Sure. I didn't fall asleep. Wow. It's an intriguing yeah. premise. And like the start of it the, grabs you and you're like, want to know There's more. Like I just figure like the, the way further through, it goes on, the like, less. Yeah, it just kind of, it's just like going yeah. through the motions kind of almost. The ending made no sense to me, honestly. But I'm just like, whatever. I don't care enough to. I honestly don't remember. Think about um, it. Like, so they somehow convince the girl. I'm just going to spoil the ending for everyone. It's a girl who's not eaten for like months and everyone in town thinks it's like a miracle because because it's the 1860s and nobody has anything better to do. Well, and they're still very much in the age of miracles. Like they're new saints being uh, ordained or whatever the hell it's called every now and then. So they literally send like a person into Florence Pugh as a nurse. She's, she's watching her and shifts with a, with a nun or something, right? Yeah, but then it ends up like, oh, it's not really a miracle. The mom was sneaking her food she's, or she's whatever. She's baby birding her food, basically. And then she stops doing it when Florence Pugh shows up. And so the girl's really going to die now because she's not eating. And somehow yeah. they convince the girl. Somehow they end up faking her death and convince. And send her away. They, right? they take her with them somehow this works i don't i don't know like yeah the it was so convoluted <laughs> i don't know it was they they fool the parents into thinking she's died and the girl they, they burn the house down oh yeah 
Right. That's how they, yeah. They burn the house down. That's how they, okay. That's how they cover it up. Oh, all right. All right. All right. Anyway, but by still, that point, I was just like, whatever, this movie, I don't really and care. And it's like kind of against her will. And it, yeah, it doesn't. But they somehow it, convince her that it's like, I don't know, they use the same weird logic that she used to convince herself that she was a miracle. I don't know. It was just uh, they're trying to save her life. So they lie to her about God more, which it's, it's yeah. kind of like a lesson in like some people aren't really you can't save them like you need to in order to save them. You need to. Yeah. Let them live in their lie. That's what they did. Yeah. Kind of. It's so. Florence Pugh and the guy who played Orson Welles in Mank. That's the other yeah. actor in it. Yeah. Florence um, Pugh, I feel like, is really, really good in it. And she, probably the I only reason it that it works at all. Really well crafted. I thought the performances were good. I just didn't really care about the story. It's, yeah, it's it's fine. It's forgettable. So, uh, Jeremy, what have you been watching? Well, I don't Pee-wee's know. Big adventure, nothing. <laughs> I've been pretty unplugged the last couple months just uh, for the summertime. But can, I have, can you teach me how to do that as a professional educator? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Threaten me with violence or hanging out by the lake, June, July, August. Just, uh, but I was able to get Pluto TV installed on our TV. We're, we're pretty off the grid in Western New York. But um, kind of been going back and watching Three's Company. Okay, couple couple episodes <laughs> of those a night. Interessante. Yeah, kind of a dive. Talk about nostalgia. That's a nostalgia trip for sure. Hell yeah! yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, appreciating the classics. Cool. Yeah, you got Aristotle, Socrates, Three's Company, Norman Bell. <laughs> and uh <laughs> norbit uh no, they got so many uh on amazon now they got that freebie yeah so many like old sitcoms there's so and much stuff. stuff on there's so many old things that nobody cares about anymore well, that's what it is you you install like we got this uh i don't know what samsung or lg tv whatever and if you don't have youtube tv you gotta rely on just whatever free apps yeah, yeah. What is it? It's like Tubi and Free. Yeah, Tubi and Pluto. Freebie, Pluto and yeah, <laughs> Pluto. There's like whole channels dedicated to like, like a single like the show. Johnny Carson, like Johnny Carson, which is actually oh. really interesting. Now it's twenty four. Oh, I like go back and watch that. Seven. Yeah. yeah, Johnny Carson episodes one after another. I think it is slightly curated, but it is fascinating sure. actually because they took off like the episodes where people say the n word. But other than that, I would think so. They're all there. But, I hope so. But they have a Three's Company channel. And so, you know, you they had to take that. off a few episodes of that, too. But, you know, that's. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, well, Jeremy, Jeremy, thank you. Thank you for being on our podcast. Yeah. yeah thanks for having me, guys. Jeremy, I, I got Glant, a little everybody. nervous. Come you back. know, I, I, this is I've never been on a podcast. We're big time. We are big time. <laughs> Yeah, well, we'll, uh, we have double digit listeners. All right. Okay. Uh, so like at the end, I usually record an outro. Yeah, you should do that probably. Yeah. So I thought I I might just do hey, that now. Jeremy, here's yeah. your twenty bucks. <laughs> We're gonna Venmo you. Yeah, nine yeah, nine point three dollars. Well, thank you for listening. My name is Brad Patello. You can find me on Instagram at Brad Patello. Gus is Mister Trouth. Adam is Renaissance Grunt. And Jeremy, do you have anything you want to plug? I, I bailed off Facebook to hide. 
Well, you have an Instagram where you post <laughs> do you pictures have any, of your like, my plugging or re- stuff or I recent have, projects that you I'm on like LinkedIn. On? Yeah, did some videos in the last year or so for Carbon Works. Ah, with oh, Dave Bunkert. yeah, I worked on one of them, right? Yes, training <laughs> that works. The training and, that works uh, video, yeah. And we just did one wrapped a month ago. Uh, I will not say the name because I don't think it's released yet. But all right, well, we'll keep right. an eye. Google this Girl. guy or Car- don't. Carbon works. <laughs> or don't. Okay. Well, thank you. I, I guess that's it. <laughs> I guess that's that's my outro. Um, Good just, work, everyone. Just uh, remember, you. everyone here is a loner and a rebel. But Dottie, if you want to go to the, you know, give me a ring if you want to go to the drive-thru. I, want to, just, I got yeah, one yeah. mile pass, okay? All I'll right. take Bye. Dottie to the drive-in.